Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders recognized in their fields who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton. Welcome to this episode of Leadership Stars. And I have a question for you. You know, you're a great leader and you're a visionary in your business, but do you understand and can you manage your financial pieces in such a way that it's not daunting to you? This is tax month here in the United States, um, and actually so was last month. So for those of us who have corporations, last month was tax month, and this month is personal taxes. So it's a great time to assess the financial health of the business as well as your own life. And I have a woman with me today who is a visionary and a growth partner to the companies that she works with. And so I'd like you all to welcome Kimberly Leonard. Kimberly Wender, welcome. Thank you, Linda. It's so Happy good to be here. Have, it's so good to have you here. I, I love the fact that that for those of us who are incorporated, we actually have two months of tax month. Somehow that just seems overwhelming. You know, for us accounting professionals, pretty much January through April are overwhelming. <laughs> Well, and then you and then you pick it up again like September, October for those of us who do extensions, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So not quite the full year, but a good portion of it. Yeah. So Kimberly, you know, I've known you for a year and a little bit, and you and I resonated like right away as soon as we met. Um, we have sort of a similar um, personality, and we have. You know, some of the same background and, and all of that. Would you tell our audience a little bit about your background, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. So um, so I'm an accounting professional, and um, I um, – well, first let me start off by just telling a little story. Is that all right? Absolutely. All right. So I am the first in my family to go to college. And so when my parents, um, when I was setting off and going off to college, um, valedictorian of my high school, I um, told my parents I wanted to go to college and I wanted to be pre-law. So they <laughs> said, oh, we're not going to have any attorneys in this family. You are going to have to take a class every semester so that when you drop out of college, you'll have something <laughs> to fall back on. So first <laughs> semester, I take pre-law, loved it, liked to argue, loved to argue with my parents. Second semester, I took accounting, and then I never turned back. I found mm. the thing that was meant to be for me. So, so my background is that um, I've been here in the Silicon Valley for 20 years, and I have been providing accounting services for a variety of startups and small businesses uh, throughout those 20 years. And um, what I really, really love to do is I love to be client-facing, and I love to um, help small business owners to um, improve their business so that they can grow and be financially sound. And I love that. So, so why you do this is because you have a passion for the startup, the, the small business that's beginning to blossom and really want to help them to have um, financial freedom eventually, but to ha- take that worry off their plate. Is that right? Yeah, to have an understanding of where they're going, where they have been, and where where they eventually want to be. So it's it's more about yeah, it's it's freedom, but also understanding. 
Mm, and I love that because those numbers can be daunting. You know, you look at them and you, I, I still do this with, with my tax professional. Um, I, I tell her, well, here, here's the profit and loss. You figure out what the balance sheet looks like. And she <laughs> laughs at me. She laughs at me every time I do that. But it's, it, and I took accounting. I was an econ major um, in in undergrad, and so accounting and finance were part of what we had to take. And then also my master's degree in business administration, there was a component of accounting and finance in, in there as well. And I still, you know, having done that and getting a good grade in both, it, it's still like it's still a mystery to me as to how all those numbers come together. And I should know better. You know, it's thirty one years in this business, um, and doing the numbers, being able to tell where my profitability is and that kind of thing. It, it, I can do that, but I'm not comfortable with it. So, Kimberly, you, 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 you profess that you are a growth partner and a visionary, and I need to know, what does that mean? Oh, what does that mean? So that means if you were <laughs> to work with me, that I would help you, I would partner with you to help you, number one, understand, like I said, the historical financials, mm-hmm. but also use those to plan and, and, and you, um, work with you with your vision of where you want your business to be, and then we can do the financial planning to be able to get you there. So it's almost so, like a staircase. Okay. So do you work with your, your clients on what their vision is as well? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's really what I love to do is, is, is helping them with their vision, helping them to discover what their vision is because we don't always know what we haven't dreamed about yet. So, you know, oh. I think it's interesting that your radio show is Dare to Dream, <laughs> but, yes. um, about, you know, you have a business. Okay. I want to make money, right? So maybe that's your goal. I want to make money. I want to help, you know, another goal could be I want to help empower women or I want to, um, you know, just grow a big, huge business and sell out someday. You may not know exactly what that is. And so we would work together to discover what that vision is. And I can help you financially then to, to climb that staircase. That's, that's such a powerful picture that I'm looking at um, of, of the individual standing sort of at the bottom of the staircase. And they have this huge vision at the top of the staircase and, and you w- walking side by side with them up the stairs to actually realize that. That's a really powerful metaphor, Kimberly. Thank you. So each step is very important too, right? It's, it's not just the ascension, but it's also the mm-hmm. step. And it's making sure that, I, I would think, it's making sure that that step is solid before you take mm-hmm. the next step. Yeah? Absolutely. Absolutely. And so so the modeling, the financial modeling is is just a piece of it, but Mm -hmm. that piece of it is is critical and it's also critical to assess each, you know, each step as you step on that to make sure that you're, you know, you're where you need to be. And if you're not, you can take a step backwards. That's okay. But Mm -hmm. um, always moving forward, you know, in the eventuality. Okay. So keep moving up that staircase. Kimberly, I know that you know that there are huge mistakes that we make as entrepreneurs and small business owners, and probably even as individuals with with how we manage our money. But what is the biggest mistake that you see that small business owners make? Ignorance. Did you say ignorance? I did. (laughs) I did. I wanted to pause on that one. But the biggest mistake is ignorance is not knowing what your next step is going to be or not planning. Because what, you know, everybody has, I, you know, I found through the years that everybody has a relationship with money. 
not always good relationships. Some of them are great. But having this relationship with money is, is really about, am I afraid of it? Do I want to make money? Do I want to know my money? Uh, you know, can I be comfortable with what my money, and when I say money, I mean it's kind of financial package, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so the biggest thing that I see that business owners, you know, kind of trip up on is that they don't understand money. They're afraid of finances. Yes, they took an accounting class in college, but <laughs> they don't understand how to put that into play with their business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I love the fact that you uh, work with them to have that relationship with money, to begin to break through that mindset, that pow- almost poverty mindset, um, and turning it into a more abundant mindset. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is, is around, is particularly for women business owners, I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is around fear. Um, mm-hmm. And being, a, you know, I don't know what I don't know, but I'm afraid to admit that I don't know this, if, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. It makes perfect sense. And I've said this a number of times on the, on the show that we have a gender heritage about you got to know 100% of what you're doing uh, before you do it. So if you don't know 100% about how to manage your money and, and that relationship and what it looks like, it's very easy for us to shut down and say, well, I obviously can't do this. I, I'm obviously not very good at I'll, 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 you know, I'll, I'll just fake it until I make it kind of thing with our money. And we can't do that really, can we? Well, so the, the other thing, too, is, right, not just fake it until you make it. It's also, I'll deal with that tomorrow, right? Ooh, yeah. I see a lot of that, you know, like, oh, this is, this is too much for me to think about. I'm busy marketing my business. I'm spending a lot of time marketing my business. But the finances, those will come. They're always going to be there. And so, you know, pushing that out could mean, you know, I mean, it could be a serious mishap. Um, you know, I forgot to pay my taxes or, you know, that, that's the hugest whatever. But, you yes. know, or, um, you know, I don't know how much money I made last month and, and, and I'm not going to worry about that until next month. I mean, that's, that's some of the pitfalls that we can get into. So it sounds a little bit like Scarlett O'Hara syndrome, yes? <laughs> <laughs> I like I'll that think, analogy. Yeah. Yeah, I'll think about it tomorrow. Um, and yeah, absolutely, very, very much so. And and I agree. I think um, many of us, and, and me included, you know, I probably have a better relationship with my money than many people. Um, we we do have a very close relationship. We dance the the samba and we dance uh, the Argentine tango. And sometimes we do, we'll do a waltz. Um, but there are moments when I push him aside. It's like, no, I don't want to deal with you right now. Um, I you know I have other things that I need to do, and you're not important. And yet I I believe, and I I want to know what you believe as well. It, that that relationship with money is very very important. And I don't know whether it should drive everything else that we do, or at least it has to be an integral part of the marketing that we do, the programs that we build, and that kind of thing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I well, you know, of course, I'm an accounting professional, so, you know, I might be a little <laughs> skewed, but yeah. I believe that, that your money is the basis for your business. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't just go start a business without money. I mean, maybe some people can, but oh, yeah, you they're can. not going to get... <laughs> They're not going to get to their goals as quickly. So you have to know, you know, at what point also, not, not just, you know, having a relationship with your money, but you also have to know at what point it's not working. Your plan may not be working. And what are we going to do about that so that we can still reach our goals? Okay. Now, I, I have a question also. Um, 
Do you advise your clients ever to go get a small business loan or um, an unsecured loan or anything like that or um, in order to finance their business? Yeah, so there's a lot of ways to finance businesses. I mean, there's, you know, you know, venture debt, there's small business loans, you can, you know, the, the, the worst, <laughs> absolutely, this is one that I'd never advise my clients, is to take, is to borrow money on your credit card. So that, that's <laughs> the absolute worst. <laughs> but a lot of small businesses don't have a choice and they, they do that. But the main thing is you have to manage, because the interest rates are so high on business credit cards, you really have to manage that. Um, again, knowing your finances, having a relationship with that money and being, you know, just really positive around the decisions you make with your money to plan your business. Right. And so that's all this, the kinds of stuff that you help um, businesses with. It's not only just doing the the um, the checking account and the profit and loss statement and that kind of thing, but you also help them to understand where they might need to bring in an infusion of cash to grow and f- what that source might be? Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I love to, um, you know, every business is different and um, the decisions that need to be made by different, different businesses will be again, different. <laughs> so, um, you know, what Linda's business might be would be very different from what, you know, my accounting practice might be. Mm-hmm. So and- I work with a lot of different types of businesses and, um, you know, to be able to help them kind of navigate that. So, Kimberly, are you saying that not all financial models, that, that, that it's not a one-size-fits-all? <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. They are not one-size-fits-all. Each business is unique. It has a unique set of circumstances. It has a unique set of principles and also a unique vision. Mm-hmm. So when you uh, when you sort of look at businesses in general, are there specific models that you know you, you can walk into the business and, and go, oh, it's this model, or you go into another one, no, it's that model, um, and what mo- might those models be? Um, you know, it, it really again is it's, it's unique. It's not one size fits all. So there's a general, you know, there's you've heard the term gap, which is generally accepted accounting principles. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of the basis that I use. And okay. then from that basis, depending on what type of business it is, whether it's a technology startup or if it's a, you know, let's say a, I actually have a new client that's a, a, a food catering truck. Um, that's that's going to be very different. However, the basis in the modeling is, is similar, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, we have historical, which if, if, it's, if it's a business that has already started, which is typically kind of where I'm stepping in, is, is a business, is not at the very beginning, but typically a business has started, they have a vision, they may not have sales yet, but they're starting mm-hmm. to work on that business. So okay. I come in, I meet with you, and I say, I say, okay, where do we want to be at the end of, at the end of 2018? Where do we want to be at the end of 2025? So let's talk about that and how we're going to get there. And then I take my, my I have a, a, a specific model that I've created, and I plug your business um, drivers into that. Mm-hmm. And and then you make modifications in those areas that don't that don't quite fit. Right. Again, because so if if we use the example of a catering truck and a technology startup, a technology startup, it, they're not going to have a lot of costs associated with their daily sales. They're going to have a mm-hmm. lot of payroll. Their payroll is going to be very expensive, 
and they're going to have, you know, software costs. But the catering truck is going to have, they're going to have rice, they're going to have perhaps tortillas, they're going to have cilantro. So those details, even though they're, you know, they're still both costs, it's, you know, it's very different and the way that mm-hmm. you have to model that. Well, in some cases, like the food truck, they would have expenses almost every day, especially if they're bringing in fresh fresh fruits and vegetables and that kind of thing. That would be a, a sort of a daily delivery. Whereas I think a, a tech startup, they might have like huge expenses to begin with, but then it's just um, supplies and pay, payroll um, that they would have on, a, on an ongoing basis. Would that be a, a, sort of a, a very bare bones way of, of stating that? Exactly, exactly. And then, you know, the cost to start up a, a you know, a food truck is, you know, the truck, right? Which right. is your largest cost. But, you're, you know, your payroll is not going to be as high. So, so it's more consumable mm-hmm. um, in that kind of industry as opposed to the, the other where it's not really consumable. It's more about research and development, right? Like developing the product, spending money to get the product to market. Right. And, and oftentimes, at least with a startup, in tech, where you are doing a lot of R and D, there's n- there's not a lot of money coming in to start um, because you you have to ramp up and actually build the product before you can sell it. And unless again, unless you can get venture capitalists or uh, angel donors or something along those lines to um, give you that infusion to cash to be able to carry on until you've got a product that you can take to market. Whereas with a food truck. Um, you know, unless you don't have a recipe and you don't know what you're going to cook, for the most part, you you already you have that, and it's just buying the the staples to be able to get started. Yeah, exactly. And 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 okay. with the, with the food truck, it, it, it's really even more critical. Interestingly enough, but even more critical to find out which um, which item, like which burrito, yeah. <laughs> is right. going exactly. to bring you the most money. And do I need to buy? You know, if if I'm going to have you know a burrito with rice in it then maybe the other items on my menu should also have rice. You know, Um, those types of decisions. Yeah. Good idea. Okay, so audience, while we take a short break, I'd love you to think about at least number one, what's your relationship with money right now? Are you afraid of it? Um, Do you know your financial numbers? Or do you have a really close and intimate relationship with your money and you know everything about it that you need to? Think about that. And we'll be right back. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no-obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at DareToDreamWithLinda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, DreamWithLinda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. 
It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back. And I'm here with my very special guest and a very dear friend, Kimberly Leonard, who for the last 20 years has been working with startups and small businesses by way of careering at boutique and mid-size accounting firms. She spent time in a variety of industries ranging from tech to life sciences And she's developed financial models to help these businesses to truly understand and manage their finances, thus allowing them to grow massively. So welcome back, Kimberly. Thank you. You're so very welcome. Uh, so we we've been talking a little bit about um, you know the difference between you know the models you need for a tech startup versus a food truck, and I love those two examples; they're great. Um, so what are um, some of the practices that you set up around keeping it all together as a business entrepreneur. So let's let's think about them as as though they they're not in a position yet to hire you. They don't think they're big enough or whatever it might be. And of course, we're all ready to hire Kimberly. But um, what would you advise them as far as they're starting up? They they want to get a good foundation. And what are some of the practices that they need to make sure are in place? So um, I guess probably the biggest practice is to have a monthly meeting with yourself. So mm. set up a monthly meeting with yourself, and whether it's the, the 5th of the month or the 15th of the month, um, and don't let that meeting slip. So, and that meeting is going to be about, I have closed my book, meaning that I have, I know exactly what happened in the month, you know, in the previous month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so right now we're coming up, you know, today's April the 2nd, so if I have a meeting with myself on April the 5th, that means by the 5th, I have to have my books closed, meaning I've reconciled my bank account, and I know where my income has come in, and I've also invoiced all of my customers. Okay. And so that meeting is going to be around looking at my financials and, and seeing, you know, how, what went well this month? How does that compare to last month? Do I have mm-hmm. a, you know, if you have a budget in place, compare that to your budget. And just have that regularly scheduled meeting on your calendar so that you know and do not, and you can't let that slip either, <laughs> right? Right. So, mm-hmm. but, but so that you know exactly where you are at, in, at, you don't have to know at any given time, but at least monthly. If your business mm-hmm. is super small and you don't have sales yet, quarterly is fine. But there's another, if you don't mind, there's another practice too, which is developing a budget 
you know, once you have a couple of months of historical data, data, then you mm-hmm. should also develop a budget so that you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Okay, that works really well. I have one question though about bank accounts. Um, I let's see. I've been told that obviously if you have a business that you should have a business checking account and that all of your income goes on in that and all of your expenses come out of that. Um, and so I guess my question is, how many bank accounts should you really have in order to run your business and your personal life well? Well, it, it, it obviously is going to depend on the size of your business. Okay. But, you know, let's, let, if we're a solopreneur, um, then you need one business checking account, period. <laughs> you don't need yes. anything else. The, the larger you get, um, we, we do advise, um, you know, it's typical treasury practices that you have a bank account for your payables. Um, you have a bank account for your payroll, and then you mm-hmm. also have a bank account for your um, your AR, which is your customers, um, your your invoices. Mm-hmm. But that that's a that's a larger business, so that's probably right. typically twenty plus uh, employees. Okay, so what do you do with? Uh, uh, we have some really fascinating clients um, who I want to say slow roll you. Um, in other words, they're aging their receivables. Uh, how does that fit in the f- the flow of the business? You know, if you're trying to get a sense of, you know, what's my cash flow, and you've got clients like that, what can you do? Well, so the, the first thing that I would say as a as a solopreneur, right, is mm-hmm. I would mm-hmm. say, I, I all my clients are on net five. Um, and the other, the other thing that, you know, it depends on the type of your business and, and what the market will, will allow, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you certainly have to be within the market kind of even average um, so that, um, you, you know, you're not, if you're competing, let's say the food truck, for example, um, mm-hmm. if you're competing against other food trucks um, and you're charging $8 for your burrito, that's, I would say, market price. But right. if you ask people to pay you a month in advance, that's not market for that business right? But for a business with like a, a you know, a practice, a, a legal practice, an accounting practice um, where you're providing services, then asking for a retainer up front is always a good idea, especially if you're working with businesses who may or may not, you know, have the cash flow that some larger mm-hmm. businesses might. So ask yeah. for that re- retainer up front and don't be, don't be ashamed to ask for that. Um, okay. And then also demand, um, you know, a, a shorter term instead of a net 60 or a net 90, which is what a lot of larger businesses do. Mm-hmm. Um, demand a shorter term. And, and if, if the client doesn't pay, this is, you know, this is what I would do. If the client doesn't pay, pay you, then pencils up. Don't work with them until they pay you. And, and so if you develop that relationship with the client up front, then um, they know that you have to be, you know, the, the, the top of their payables every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, in, in our case, I would say good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Easier yeah. for me to say, right? <laughs> well, and yeah, it is. But, but that's, that's sort of the, the way, um, not my business, but the other, si- the other side of our house works. Um, and I've always wondered, you know, like how, and, you know, if you push um, that, you know, like they, they age your receivables, let's say 90 days, and you push that, um, I've seen it where they, they say, look, if you won't age your, if you won't let us age our receivables, we just won't send you anything. And so it's a question of, you know, do you want to cut your nose to spite your face, in essence? 
So, you know, I guess understanding in your budget what you can expect in 30 days, what you can expect in 60, and what you can expect in 90, is that probably the best way to, to set your budget? Exactly. So that, I mean, that is part of the budget is, is knowing when your, um, when your receivables are going to age. But, mm-hmm. you know, another part of it is also being, I think what I, what I was trying to get at before was also really, you know, if you have that monthly meeting with your business mm-hmm. about, you know, where you are, is really knowing, oh, okay, this, this client, this uh, customer is slipping. So I need yeah. to get on a call with them, not, right. you know, allow it to slip because, you are just trying to be a nice guy. You know, you know, it's, it's really important that you manage your business and know mm-hmm. your business. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that sounds very good. And it, it's a practice that we, we have with some of our clients, but not necessarily with all of them. Um, and it does work. Um, Kimberly, when you do pick up that phone and say, Hey, you know, this bill seems to be, seems, seems to have gotten lost in the shuffle is what my husband <laughs> yes. says. And they go, Oh, oh, really? Oh, well, I'll check that out and, and you know, make it happen like right now. Um, so it, 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 that phone call does work. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes we see the money within, you know, a week after that, which is very nice. But anyways, th- thank you for that. Um, so Kimberly, you know, we, we all think we can do everything in our business ourselves, even though I do know that, that I have I have friends and colleagues who say, you know, I didn't get into business to market, to have to write proposals, to have to do accounting and, and finance. I got into business to do what I do best, whatever that might be. It could be a hairdresser. It could be a general contractor, whatever. I didn't get into business to do that. So when do we know is the right time to hire a visionary like you? So I think it, it could be about, um, it's a great question, Linda. It could be about now. <laughs> like when you start your business is the time that you need to look at your skill set, you know, and, and that's, that's why, you know, I work with businesses and, and help them to do this because I've, mm-hmm. you know, I've been in the, the business, been in the business for a long time and I've seen um, pretty much every mistake that could be made, although I'm looking forward to seeing more. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yes. So, um, the, at the moment that you're starting your business, that's when you need someone to walk you through and, and, and make a plan. At, at some point, if you ever lose sleep over money, then you need to hire somebody. Mm-hmm. Ooh, good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Although I have what, what's kind, kindly known in the biz as monkey mind, um, so I lose sleep over a lot of things, um, and it's not necessarily always money. Um, but I, I agree. It's I, when it's beginning to affect your health, and sleep is part of your health. Then I agree. You need to um, look at and hire someone like you to um, I want to say relieve that worry or at least minimize it, so that you can have a more positive relationship with your money and not constantly be. An ad, almost in an adversarial relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think of it as managing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like I, I know, you know, you talk about herding cats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> your money's not a cat. Um, it is something that you can easily manage. Um, um, but you have to know, you, you just have to know the details. And if you're not an accounting professional, then mm-hmm. it's not a requirement that you manage your, your money. It's a requirement that you know about your money. Does that ah. make sense? Yeah. So it's more, 
again, it's more knowing knowing your numbers. That's the, I had one coach long ago who always said, know your numbers. Know how much you're bringing in, how much is going out, um, and how much you're actually taking in payroll for yourself out of the business. And does that meet your goal, your vision, where you want to go, what you want to do, and that kind of thing. So yeah, I think it makes a whole lot of sense um, that knowing those numbers can be a really uh, great way of minimizing the sleeplessness that you have with it. Exactly. And and I'm, this is going to sound so trite, but, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And so, right, knowing what your next steps are going to be, or at least having someone to be able to help you with that um, is, is powerful. And so, Kimberly, how do you work with your clients? Um, can you be more specific? <laughs> um, okay, let's say I hired you... Um, and you know that I've been in business for 31 years, so I have some fairly well-established procedures and policies around my money. But um, I just want somebody else's, let's say, I want somebody else's eyes on it. Um, because I, I also think that as the business owner, oftentimes you're too close to it, that you don't yeah. see the big picture. So how, how would you work with me um, in that kind of a situation? So I'd say probably the key for me is um, initial assessment, mm-hmm. is taking the time to assess um, not only the money relationship with the principal, let's say, you know, the, the, the business owner, mm-hmm. um, but assessing their, rela- their current relationship with money and working with them to um, either improve that relationship or, you know, if, you know, if it doesn't need to be improved, then obviously we wouldn't spend the time doing that. But it's, it's right. assessing where they are with money and then also where the business is with money. So assessing where the business is, has been, and needs to be. So, you know, the, whether that's working, it you know, just really depends on the size of the business and the type mm-hmm. of business. It's, it's very different for each. But working with that person to figure out, to assess what that business needs and being able to put in... Um, uh, you know, digital practices, best practices around, you know, having that monthly relationship or quarter re- quarterly relationship. And it could be a, you know, a once a month call. It could be a, you know, once a week call, or it could be, you know, a, a variety of different types of financial services. It just depends on the, the business's needs. Okay. So, Kimberly, um, if you, if you said, if you said to an owner, there's this one thing that you have to have and you need to look at every month, what would that one thing be? Net income. Okay. <laughs> just <laughs> knowing, and, oh, actually, can I give you two? The sure. second one would be your bank balance. Okay. I, I'm surprised how many small business owners do not know how much money they have in the bank. That's scary. That's yeah, scary. It really uh, is. Then the question is, how, how much of it... That, uh, do you have lying around that's not in the bank that should be in the bank? Um, you know, are are you keeping you know a stash in your safe? Are you keeping a stash under the mattress or whatever, just in case? You know, it's a sort of uh, rainy day money, right? Or you know, the mail comes in. And there's a lot of mail, right? And yeah. so you take, you open up all the mail. You 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 throw away the junk stuff and the the credit card. Um, you know, um, solicitation to get a credit card. Yeah, and then you take those checks and you put them in a in a pile, and they don't get to the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> you've got money, but it's not in the bank. So 
those are some business practices that are, you know, it's, it's daunting again for a business owner, but some of those practices are critical. Like you can, I don't know if you know this, but you can take a photo of your checks now and send it Mm into the bank. So you don't actually have to drive to the bank and have an activity where you deposit checks. You just Mm -hmm. take a photo. Well, the the good news is that our bank is on the way from the mailbox. So we pick up our mail, we sort through it, we look at the checks and we, we go right to the, to the bank and deposit those, except on the weekends. If we get stuff that comes in on Saturday, we don't get to do that. But um, yeah, I, I, I agree that uh, I've actually had, not from the business mailbox, but from our personal mailbox, because we don't get anything there. You know, we get junk mail and we get flyers and all that. And every now and then there's a little kernel of something fabulous that shows up. But for the most part, it's there's not. So I went in, oh, I guess it was about... Um, Oh, three weeks ago, and I opened my mailbox, and there's a a, a a notice in it that says, and there's no mail. And I'm going, look, I haven't seen, I haven't been in here like in two or three weeks. There should be a ton of mail, and it says, your mailbox is full. We took it all back to the post office. Come pick it up. And I have never, in six years, I've never had that happen in this particular mailbox. So I went in, and he berated me about how I needed to check my mailbox on a daily basis. I said, you don't understand. I may get three pieces of mail. The only time I get a lot is when you throw in those flyers and everything else. If you didn't do that, I'd never have to check the mailbox. Oh, he, right. was, he was not happy. So I'm I'm being a little bit more diligent about that. But I do have to say, our business uh, mailbox, we are there every day and we check it and the checks do go in the bank as quickly as possible. And then, as you know, we, um, through our coach, we have a practice of what money came in each day and being very thankful for it and, and thanking money for, for being there and for source and all of that. So I, um, I, I, I have a, a very good relationship at, at this point, but I was just curious about that. And so, audience, I want you to think about do you know your net income right now? And do you know what's in your bank balance and what might be coming in today that will either increase or decrease that balance before the end of the day? And we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner. Drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military, corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number two, lead with Linda.com. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Voice America Women. Your passion starts here. You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlinda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars. Welcome back, and I'm here with my very dear friend and financial visionary, Kimberly Leonard. And I think today we've really done a a stellar job of starting to demystify small business finance so that you can have a thriving business. So, Kimberly, welcome back. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay. So, Kimberly, we were talking about um, things that we needed to know and things that you would assess um, when you came in to support a business owner. But... This is the day of um, digital literacy, and first I'd like you to explain what that is, and then what are some tricks that you use to manage your business? So, um, so for me, it's um, a lot of a lot of tricks I find are in time saving and mm-hmm. in managing projects. So, um, there's you know so many so many applications out there that that you can you know spend a dollar on on your phone to make your life mm-hmm. a little bit easier. Um, there are, and it's, it's just really, I, I find for, for business owners, it can be overwhelming um, because mm-hmm. there is so much out there. So um, what I have, I've developed kind of a, a standard um, set of, uh, of, you know, devices and also packages um, so that really small business owners can just, you know, take that package and just kind of run with it. Yeah, one of them is, um, you know, your iPhone is your friend. Um, <laughs> you know, apps, apps are great, but at the same time, it can also be a nuisance. So one of right. the practices that I have developed is that I check my email at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning. I check my email at noon, and then I check my email again at 4. And so mm-hmm. be- because otherwise you're on your phone all day, and the, 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 ten, the list of 10 things that you needed to do today, you've gotten one of them done. So, so true. Um, yeah. So, so in digital literacy, it's also it's it's good to know that that is your your friend, but it's also good to know that it can also be a hindrance. And so, you have to set some boundaries uh, with your uh, you know with your iPhone. You have to set some boundaries with your email. You uh, have to set boundaries um, when it comes to noise and what type of noise you can handle in your workday. 
uh, you know, a lot of uh, startups I see now have white noise machines. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, that's kind of a kitschy thing to, you know, it's, it's a popular thing right now. Some people don't like white noise. And, yeah, it can know, be like, very annoying. Me, I, and, and that's how I feel, too, is because I'm constantly listening for the non-white noise. Right. So yes. for, for me, it just doesn't work. So you just kind of need to figure out for you what's, what's best practices. And, um, you know, I can help you to uh, help businesses to, um, you know, decide what, what's best for them. And then, Kimberly, do you have them? Um, okay, I che- uh, as part of my morning ritual, I check my balances first thing in the morning when I get up to see sort of what's there at the start of the day. Um, can you obsess over uh, how often you check your bank balances, just like you do your email and, and phone messages? Well, um, since I'm a, an accounting professional, I, I probably should say no. <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd ask. Because... The- the opposite of that is, is what I usually, you know, what I typically see, which is people don't know what their bank balance is. Yeah. So I think, you know, as long as you have a budget and as long as you're checking in on a monthly basis, uh, I think the, the frequency to which you need to know what your bank account balance is really depends on your business. You know, if you, if you ever are going to go in the red, then you need to see that balance every day, probably morning mm-hmm. and night. But if you're the type of business that has enough cash to be able to hold yourself for the next month, then checking in on a weekly basis would be just fine. Yes, exactly. Um, and I, I love the fact that you check your email or you check your voicemail or your email three times a day. On your um, I check I check my email three times a day because okay. I find email um, you know for, for most most small businesses that's how people communicate. And then mm-hmm. one other thing that I don't do is is I don't um, I don't text during the day right and and I have to tell you that I, I obsess over my email because I can get upwards of several hundred in any given day depending upon what's going on in the business at the time and it's sort of like if I don't then I get behind what I find is I get behind in the conversation and it's it makes it impossible for me to catch up to it um, and so um, you're right I don't get those 10 things done that I'm supposed to get done that day and it it irritates me. So I'm going to try your 10, 12, and 4 and see how that works for me um, uh, as far as being able to still keep up and yet not not being in there all the time. Um, and you also, we, we also learned um, some practices in February at an event that you attended. Would you care to share like your morning and evening rituals? Yeah, so, um, you know, again, the, um, the 9 a.m. And the, and the noon and the 4 is, is one of my daily rituals um, mm-hmm. of checking the email. Um, and just quickly back to that, I just wanted to mention that what, that what that does is it also trains the people that you're communicating with mm. that you're not going to be on email all day long. You know, because once yes. they're trained that you're on all day, then they're going to be constantly sending quick little emails. If you're if it, if they've been trained to know that you're checking in a couple of times a day, they'll do a better job of sending you one email with you know, perhaps multiple topics, but mm-hmm. at least bullet pointed. So, um, but anyways, one of, one of the great rituals that I wanted to share with you guys was um, <clears throat> in the morning. Don't check your bank balance. Don't <laughs> check your phone. <laughs> Sit down and you know if you if you've got a great quiet sitting room like I do, you know, sit down in a sitting room and um, just meditate or pray or you know whatever it, it, it is for you that gives you peace. 
And just spend some time doing that and reflecting, reflecting on what happened yesterday and also reflecting on what you want to see for today. So I, I keep a piece of paper on my desk and I write down 10 things that I have to get done today. And they can be big or they can be small. I don't always get to all 10 of them, but I have them there in front of me and it's reminding me all day that, you know, oh, don't get, don't get caught by that text that just came in. Focus on your mm-hmm. list. So spending that quiet time in the morning, just focusing. And then also then at that point, once you've spent, you know, five or 10 minutes meditating, whatever your day will allow, um, at that point, then you can start to think about what's happening today. And so what I do then is I go to my calendar. So I don't go to my email. I still haven't checked my bank account balance. I go to my calendar. And then I look at what has to happen today. That's when I devise my list of the 10 things that have to get done. Mm-hmm. And then evening rituals, <clears throat> same. Pencils down, close that laptop, put that phone on the charger in the kitchen, not, mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not in your bedroom, yep. and <clears throat> spend some time, you know, 10 minutes thinking about how your day went, what could you have improved, what you do not get done, and how do you want to work on that for tomorrow. Okay. So what you're asking our audience to think about is, um, how do you start your day? Do you start it running, um, start it with stress, or do you start it with a meditation, a quiet time? It may even be reading um, a, a personal development book or a spiritual tome or whatever it is that you were, that would, as you said, bring peace in the morning and start the day in that peaceful setting. Even if the children are yelling in the background, try and get some peace for yourself before you enter the fray. And then again in the evening, um, th- there are a couple things that I add to that list is, uh, my mon- what were my money miracles that day? Uh, what kind of money came in? Did you pick up a, a penny off the street? And being grateful for that as well as who or what are the three things that I was grateful for that particular day? And again, for me, that's a great way to close the day. It's, it's very peaceful and I get joy out of being able to look at all of those things. So I, I appreciate what you shared um, with the audience around that. Now, Kimberly, I know from a conversation that we had that you also work with nonprofits, not o- not only with the for-profit. So what really fills your heart about working with the nonprofits with the type of work that you do? Yeah, so, um, so I, do, I, I do a lot of um, volunteer work. And mm-hmm. I'm also very interested in helping out the community. I've, I've been, you know, very blessed in my career and um, really um, feel like it's our job to be able to, to pay it forward or, or give back in some way. Mm-hmm. So um, I love working with nonprofits. Um, unfortunately, non, I can't work strictly with nonprofits because they don't pay the bills as much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, but I really love working with nonprofits and, you know, the difference between it, some of you probably know the difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit is that the nonprofit is a business that is designed to not take in profits to, um, it's not that they're not designed to take in profits. It's, it's that they're designed to give the money away to whatever their cause is. So um, working with nonprofits um, can be very um, rewarding because typically the principals are in it for their heart and not mm-hmm. just to make money. So, right. um, yeah, so I have, a, I have a strong desire to um, help nonprofits, 
as a part of how I give back for my business. Okay. And I, I asked my dad, um, worked for the University of Illinois, and they, they had a non nonprofit portion and in the hospital, as does Kaiser. Uh, a lot of what they do is, yes. is not-for-profit. And what's interesting is oftentimes what they do with that surplus of cash, so they've given away everything they possibly can, they still have a surplus of cash, is to put it back into their buildings. So they put it you know, back into a, a new cancer wing or a new children's wing or new equipment or whatever. So it's their, they're spending money, in essence, for the benefit of their clients. And I think that that's, that's a very powerful way of doing that. So if you can't give it all away, um, then turning it into a benefit and a value for the people that you serve. And I think that's really, really important. So you're, you have a couple of um, areas that you're really, um, you really get lit, lit up about. Um, I remember one of them you talked about was poverty, especially south of the border, and affordable housing for homeless seniors. I think both of those are really important pieces um, and really your movement that you're um, building as well, right? Yeah, so um, so my my family has uh, we go down to Mexico uh, down to Tijuana every year uh, and build houses uh, with our with a, with a church group and mm-hmm. um, I've really really come to um, love uh, the uh, you know our our brothers and sisters just right across the border so mm-hmm. um, you know spending time there is rewarding it's also it's also so nice because we get to spend a week away not thinking about our bank account balances <laughs> not thinking about <laughs> You know, thinking about what's important in the world, which is, you know, for me is, is helping is helping others. And, you know, like you had said earlier about being gracious, um, mm-hmm. you know, and honoring your money. Um, you know, that's part of it is, is that we have our businesses. We, you know, we, we may be hugely successful or, or mildly successful, um, but we have to be, you know, just really honoring that what we've been given. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and sharing that. And I think that's a lot of what many of the movements that the people I'm working with are stepping into is this kind of, you know, supporting the those who have less than we do. It may be hunger, it might be affordable housing, whatever it might be. So Kimberly, you have a free gift for our audience and it wraps around you. Could you give us a real quick description of that? Yeah, so um, what I like to do with uh, small business owners or people who are who are um, planning uh, to start a business, whether they're a solopreneur or a tech startup, is I offer one hour of my time uh, to assess the needs of your business and then there and then therefore come back with a with a report of uh, recommendations to help your business to grow. Fantastic. And you can get that on my website uh, at www.dare2leadwithlinda.com. And Kimberly, it's been a delight having you here. And I want to thank you so very much for sharing all of this with our audience. And with that, um, if you have any questions or you want to dig deeper into how to create a movement or how to herd cats, please send me an email at linda at dare2lead with lynda.com and until next week be courageous and dare to lead until next time thank you for tuning in to leadership stars please join linda Patton for another engaging edition of our program next monday at 1 p.m eastern time and 10 a.m pacific time on the voice america women's channel 
We'll feature another noted leader next week.